Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Happy Foot, Sad Foot, your LAFC gateway drug and the only LAFC podcast that venmo Ted Uncle $25,000. I'm Travis Helwig. I'm Vince LaRosa. And I'm Darren Miller. Welcome to our preview of the 2023 MLS Western Conference Finals. We back, baby. LAFC versus Houston Dynamo FC on Saturday, December 2nd at BMO Stadium. You can watch it on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV Plus, And, of course, we'll be live streaming our post-game call-in show 10 minutes after the final whistle at YouTube.com slash at Later in the show, Vince brings us the storylines from around the rest of the MLS playoffs. I bring us the LAFC storylines. And Darren, once again, as usual, will sit quietly and think about why he's here. We're going to make some bets, too. But first... We're going to do some listener-mandated banter. Gentlemen, how was your Thanksgiving? Mm. I mean, we've talked since then. The post-game was after that, but we haven't talked about our Thanksgiving. Anybody have a good Thanksgiving? I imagine that all the listeners think that we all have Thanksgiving together, which couldn't be farther (laughs) from the truth. (laughs) Couldn't be farther from the truth. Which one of us would carve the turkey? We'd call Max Bredos over to do it. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that would be nice. Or we wouldn't even call him. He'd, he'd come and carve the turkey and be like, all right, bye, guys. Yeah, he just whips out a pocket knife, does it, and leaves. I, I think of all of us, my wife would carve the turkey. Because <laughs> we trust we trust her with sharp sharp objects. Yeah, yep. yeah I trust her. You guys doing anything fun? Darren and I were in town. You were the only one that like braved the travel, and you made it back alive, which wow. is a yeah, big deal, nice. kind of. I'm grateful that you're back alive. Yeah, it was wild. It, getting on a plane, wild. No, it was it was fun. I was home with my family, and then I spent some time in New York. It's always good to see my lovely parents and my nieces and nephews. And then absolutely go to New York and get drunk for three days straight. What did you guys do? <laughs> that is the law there. It's a weird one, but you have, you have to drink to nonstop when you're in New York City, or else they'll kick you out. <laughs> Yeah, I just did it on my couch. So same thing, but just like didn't go that far. Just a little lazier. Did either of you cook anything? We made some good food. We didn't. So we, 
skewed the turkey because turkey is kind of boring. So uh-huh. I actually made a French onion pot roast, which Ooh. was the it was the move because then you combine incredible. that with mashed potatoes, and Cody made an amazing green bean casserole. Like the fact that our food, honestly, all three things separately, very good, but the best thing was just to throw it into one big plate and mash it all together, and was equally as good. That I think that is the move. Also, unlike most people, we were able to like clean up and do the dishes, and everything was like. By 7 p.m., like dishes were clean and we were just drinking. And that that is that's the goal. That's and I know, Darren, you don't know what that's like because you have children. Yeah, well, there's nothing. There's no cleaning up. There's It's an endless mess. We did. We didn't successfully get all three kids to another destination and then back home without any incidents, which is a huge accomplishment, honestly. <laughs> right. It's really beautiful. We had a great time. It was really fun. <laughs> <laughs> you're good that your goalposts are so low. I will say, uh, Ali made a zucchini bread that was great. It was my mom's mm. recipe. So that was nice and nostalgic. All right, let's start the show. People are excited about this game. Why are we talking about something? Oh, who asked this question? An idiot. Definitely an idiot. Don't worry, I'll edit it pretty heavily. Hell yeah, that's what I was hoping <laughs> to say after the show. Well, there are two types of people in this world. There's the type of people who work hard, who wake up at 5 a.m., feed and clothe their children, head off to work and make ends meet to provide for their family. And there are people like Travis, people who roll out of bed at 10.30, spend two hours reading the LAFC subreddit, and then spend the next three hours complaining about how there's not enough time in the day for him to get any work done. Then when he's done complaining, he heads out to Sunset Tower to buy two martinis with his wife's credit card. But because not all of us have the luxury of being a trophy husband, we don't have time to learn every little detail about LAFC before the game. So each week... All season long, I've made Travis, a true leech on society, explain to me the storylines for this week's game, carrying me like a little baby all the way to the Western Conference Finals at BMO in a segment we call Storylines. It's the long one. No. (laughs) We're not even close to the end. I'm the only one still enjoying it. (laughs) It's lost. It's lost it for me. They haven't even started saying storylines yet. Uh, Only another two hours. (laughs) Storylines. 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 These are the motherfucking storylines. These are the motherfucking storylines. These are the motherfucking storylines. Playoffs, bitch. Darren, I want you to know that I know that you just took the very first storylines intro and pasted it for this one, which I think isn't right because it seems to imply some finality that you think that this is the last preview episode we're going to do this season. And I don't like that. I don't like the little bookend that you made. No, 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 it's not. It was because it was time to wipe the slate clean and and wait for a, a new level. Okay. <laughs> we're, 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 we're resetting is what's happening. It, and Good I'm going to make a promise right here that if we make the finals, I'm making an even longer storyline. So <laughs> it's getting longer. 
Wow. Okay. Just make it the entire also episode. Note- Let's just drop a storyline song episode and see if people notice. Darren, Vince, it happened. We beat Seattle in Seattle for the first time in six years, and I didn't have a single fun moment watching that game. How are you guys feeling? <laughs> have you unclenched yet? I'm waiting for the game to start. That was We just had a bar fight with them i thought there was also gonna be a soccer game i i'm with you like I, i'd say the first half i was like i was like yeah this is about how i expect but the second half and look they defended really well but excruciating second it's so unsustainable honestly. i yeah. i'm very surprised that they seattle didn't score with the way we started playing immediately shithousery but we got what we wanted We won the game, and we get to clench our buttholes at least one more time, and we get to clench them at home as well one more time (laughs) for the Western Conference Finals against the Houston Dynamo. And that brings us to the first storyline of the match, and it's an obvious one. But it's obvious because it's the one we are all wondering, and it's this. Can LAFC win back-to-back Western Conference Finals? Finals. As we've spoken about hundreds of times over the course of this season, MLS disincentivizes repeat success. It's really hard to do well multiple seasons in a row. First, you lose lots of players because many of them, rightfully so, want to raise after winning a championship. In fact, since winning MLS Cup last year, here's a list of the players we have lost Gareth Bale, Mahala Apoku, Latif Blessing, Sebastian Ibiaga, Seba Mendez, Jose Cifuentes, Franco Escobar, Chicho Arango, and worst of all, Christian Teo. That's a total of nine <laughs> players. We've changed 45% of our MLS Cup final roster since we won the MLS Cup. That's fucking crazy. And as Vince revealed a few months ago, the league also forces you to pay bonuses against the following year's salary cap. And a lot of players get bonuses when you win a championship. So that takes away a team's ability to then pay players to replace those players that are on equal par of the ones that just slipped away, which means it's really difficult to build a good roster after winning the championship. And still, and still... We are here. We made it to the Western Conference Finals. And we did it after we played more games than any team in MLS history. We got to the Champions League Finals. We got to the Campeones Cup Finals. We got to the League's Cup Quarterfinals. All those games whose outcomes I'm forgetting at the moment, but I'm sure I'll remember as time goes on. But for all of those reasons... It is nothing short of a motherfucking miracle that we have found ourselves back in the final four of the MLS Cup playoffs, especially considering Seattle Sounders never even made the playoffs the year that they won the Champions League and they're considered this big fucking dynasty. So while it's true, (laughs) while and I'll say... It is true that it's been over a decade since any team has won back-to-back MLS Cups, but it actually isn't that uncommon for teams to win back-to-back Western Conference Finals. In 2019 and 2020, the Sounders won back-to-back. In 2016 and 2017, the Sounders again won back-to-back. And 12 years ago, in 2011 and 2012, the LA Galaxy won back-to-back. But it's important to remember there were only nine teams in the Western Conference then versus the 14 that are currently in the league in in the conference at the moment. Vince, 
Darren, I have a question for you that's going to get you yelled at on Twitter. In the context of every hardship we've faced as a team this year, do you think that just making it to the Western Conference Finals means that this has been a successful season for, or is anything short of a trophy a failure? What's your barometer for success? Darren, I don't want you to steal Vince's answer. I want you to go first. No, we got to win the cup. Period. So not even winning the Western Conference Finals is a success. No, we got to win, win MLS Cup for I, it to be a success. Well, I don't really look at it as like, that black and white success failure, but from uh, I wouldn't call it a, I certainly wouldn't call it a failure, but I wouldn't call it a success. I I would say that we had like a series of clear goals and benchmarks for those goals that we could hit, and a lot of hardware we could have won. And if we won none of those things, it's hard to call it a success. I wouldn't say like we failed or anything. Like compared to all the other teams, where we'd end up in what second, third, whatever. But yeah, I mean hypothetically, in this hypothetical future, that won't happen. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call that a success. I'll, I'll call what actually happens a success. Vince, why is Darren a fucking idiot? Well, I would <laughs> say that not playing for a trophy, i.e., not reaching the final, is a, is a failure, and that's the most disappointing. But I think what's painting all this for us, and we've kind of alluded to it, is the fact that we were in so many trophy winning positions this season. I believe uh, four, <laughs> three or four, which is incredible for any MLS team. I, I, I hazard to guess that if we weren't as far in the champions league and we weren't in the campione's cup and there wasn't leagues cup and we made it this far like people would be like that's pretty good i always tend to say once you reach a final like you should be pretty excited but yeah at the end of the day you got to walk away with something and like i said the fact that we've had so many chances to walk away with just something and haven't it's now painted it in a different picture and i think i i'm gonna guarantee a lot of players feel that way because they're like well, fuck, we've been so close all this time. Like, this is the last thing. And they're probably looking around, just like you've said, with, with just in general, after winning a championship, even when you don't win a championship, there's turnover. They're like, I'm not going to see a lot of you again. Like, we've already seen the news about Cheeky Palacios not wanting to renew his contract because he's kind of kind of looking at greener pastures. Like, it's happening, people. So I think a lot. hopefully a lot of those guys in the room understand that as well. We're going to get to it. that in a second. We're not, don't get don't get into it yet. Okay. Here's where I stand quickly about the question that I forced you guys to ask. If you asked me at the height of our losing streak in July and, and June, if we would make it to the Western Conference Finals, I would have told you we might not even make it to the playoffs. Like I knew we were pretty, we were doing well, but we looked like fucking shit for two months following our loss to Leon. And... I'm hesitant to say it's a, a successful season for that reason, but I do think you have to put it in the context of everything that we fucking faced. And I'm pretty sure that almost every other team in the league, yeah, there isn't a, every team in the league would want to be in the position that we've been in comparatively. No one has had the opportunities that we've had. I know we haven't accomplished all of those opportunities outside of maybe like winning US Open Cup or whatever. It just feels like we, Almost every team, almost every fan base of every team would trade positions with us. And I think that's worth thinking about as well. But I I agree, we got to get to the finals. And and also, there's a lot of fans who've been saying we can't win big games, as you alluded to, Vince. And if we lose here, I think they kind of have a point at this point. You know, like we have won in-season important games. But if we can't win these big games and we call ourselves a dominant team... I don't think we can call ourselves that this season again. Now, this next storyline 
is a bit of a sad one, but I think it's something that we need to consider going to BMO on Saturday because I don't think it's on everyone's mind, Vince, and you've already alluded to it. And that storyline is this. Could this be the final home game for Giorgio Chiellini, Diego Palacios, and Carlos Vela? Now, as you know, after Saturday, we aren't playing at BMO again until the spring of 2024. Giorgio is 39, and he's been given his entire body, even on turf, over the last few weeks, which seems to signal that this is his last rodeo. Diego Palacios, as you alluded to, is rightly way too good for Major League Soccer and deserves to get paid way more than what we can pay in his current contract. And there's some rumors he wants to walk on a free this winter. And Carlos Vela, the most important player in LAFC history, still is great, but he's not necessarily great enough for a DP slot that he currently enjoys, and I think he might want one. Over the course of the season, there have been rumors of him, one, wanting to go to Miami, and two, Antoine Griezmann said this week in an interview that the player he'd most like to come back to Atletico Madrid is Carlos Vela. Now, I'm going to ask you guys one by one, each of these guys, if you think they'll ever play at BMO again after Saturday. Oh. But before I do, I want to oh, throw no. out one more name that's going to get a lot of people upset with me. And it's this. Will this be Denny Buwanga's last game? At BMO Stadium. Denny is in the prime of his career and he's already proven that he's too dominant for Major League Soccer. He's the fifth or sixth highest goal scorer in the world across all competitions. That's genuinely insane. And in the Mexican press over the last couple of months, there have been rumors that Tigris is interested in him. And as we all know, Tigris has unlimited money to spend on players and it would be possible for them to make an offer that LAFC cannot refuse. So I'm going to go one by one and let's discuss if we think Saturday is their last game at BMO. First, Giorgio Chiellini. Yes. Yes. I agree. I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. I'll miss him, but we shouldn't really be sad. Like it's an incredible career. Yeah. Like let, let the man live his life now. I would. I mean, I just want him on our coaching staff. I know he wants to go to Italy, yeah. but I, I want him to be a part of the organization. I wish that he would be. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks around for a little bit because he is very family-oriented. He did move everyone from his family here. He doesn't seem like the type to be like, well, we were here for a year and a half. Pack it up. So I could see him sticking around. But yes, eventually, and I'm a Juventus fan, and I want him at Juventus. Eventually, he will end up at Juventus because he's just that type of guy, and he's got the mind for it. It's not a bad idea, though, to get some coaching chops at LAFC before you go get some coaching. Or management chops, yeah. any, anything. Yeah. Like, just do it at a, at a level where you feel like you have a little bit more leeway. Because mm -hmm. at Juventus, you don't. You definitely don't. That's a yeah. scary place. Diego Palacios, is this his last game at BMO? I'm going to say no. Yes. I think yes. Um. Vince, what do you know? <laughs> I, I know that if... Diego, I know Diego has dreams of going to Europe, like all players do. And when you're on, when you have a chance to be on a free, that's the best opportunity, especially from MLS, because teams will want to pay you some money. But then when they factor in the transfer fee, then they're starting to wonder, okay. And he's getting to the age where it's not really viable for them to to buy him, thinking they can make some kind of profit. He's not going to a team like Barcelona. He's going to go to like kind of a somewhat mid tierish team that probably wants some sell on. So. For that reason, I don't see him signing a new contract. However, I guarantee his agent said, well, if you do want me to sign a new contract, I want to be the highest paid left back in the league. And right now, 
There's another guy who's been going through that for the past couple of years named Kai Wagner. Now, Kai has been dealing with some other, other, other things off the field other than his contract. <laughs> um, but the with fact a name like he, Wagner, how, how yeah. could you? <laughs> how could he have not known that uh, the guy, the guy that played in Germany, spoke German? Uh, but point, and this Hellwig. is coming from a Helvig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I would say that, like, had he signed a contract, that would have set the market, and LAFC would have a better idea. I just have the feeling LAFC of all teams is not looking to set the market for left backs of all players. Like, though, if he was a center forward and he was the best center forward in the league, easily. But I can't see them doing that, and I just don't think they'll, they'll reach the level that Cheeky's going to want. And honestly, it's probably in his best interest to allow his contract to run out. I'm surprised he's still here. I would have thought we had gotten rid of him already because we didn't want to lose him on a free. He's just too good for the league. And I know we like keeping our players, but he's too fucking good. I will say, I don't know if this was on purpose, but I feel like we kept him a secret way better than we had any business do. Like, it, it feels like it was pretty recent that everyone beyond the LAFC bubble was like, oh, yeah, he is amazing. That's it seemed no one like knows. it was kind of like no one really paid attention to it. Well, look, the reason why Kai Wagner has all this attention is not for the same reasons Cheeky does. Kai Wagner has a bunch of assists. And really, they play in a in a structure that allows him to just ping balls in. Cheeky doesn't get the benefit of that. So we've had the benefit of the fact that he doesn't score goals or assist. However, defenders are supposed to defend. And if you want to talk about a defender that can defend his position and provide something off, something offensively, not just something, but a high-quality offensively, there's no one better than Cheeky Plossi. I do remember I mean, a very good assist he made last year. Uh, I was just about to say, that, that's like <laughs> one of the most played highlights in the last year. Like, how many people have looked at a video of him making a perfect pass This is also sort of win the MLS Cup? <laughs> it's, it's besides the point, and I don't have any evidence to prove it, but I felt this a little bit talking to the Cooligans, and it's not what they're... They didn't say anything like this, but listening to Extra Time and all the fucking, like... All of the MLS media is on the East Coast, and I really do think that yeah. there is a bias towards... MLS media knowing and respecting more about East Coast stuff. They know about Ladero and and people on the Sounders because they're old and they've been around for a long time. But like they don't stay up to watch all of our games. You know, it's late. And I think that that's why some of these defensive players or keepers or kind of under the radar players get more attention. Like why is Matt Miazga the defensive player of the year? Or, or like why is Walker Zimmerman on the best 11 again when he didn't play like so many fucking games. I mean, we can get that, that's not what we're talking about, but it's like one, those both of those people are American players. But two, it's like the MLS media all lives in New York. They watch the East Coast games and then they watch the highlights or they watch a replay uh, of what happened on the West Coast and they're just not paying attention to the way our back line works or whatever. Okay, let's keep going. Carlos Vela, will this be the last game Carlos Vela plays at BMO? No. I'm going to say no also. I think that either he or LAFC will cave and and figure out a, a contract that, that everyone can sign. Uh, there, There's rumors of another DP slot. We, again, have only used two. I know we're not allowed to use three. But, like, we – I think he must know he doesn't qualify for that slot anymore. I think he wants Griezmann to come to LAFC as opposed to vice versa. And he's got a good life. But I mean, if he if he got an offer from Miami, 
he might want to do yeah, that. I don't know. That. I could see him doing that. Vince, what do you think? My thoughts on Carlos, and this goes back to even before when everyone was like, well, is he or is he not coming back? Because remember, he had that weird contract that ended in yeah. the middle of the year. My thoughts always were like, LAFC constantly hits this talking point of he was our first player and our first designated player. I will say that like, I don't think Carlos actually was the first player. I, if I seem to remember correctly, there were two players that they kind of signed, but you couldn't really sign a player and it didn't really matter. And we've just kind of forgotten that those guys ever existed and they Ooh. never actually played for the team. You look it up. There's two, there's two guys. And I think one of them was from orange County SC, but that's besides the point. The point <laughs> is this, the fact that they keep saying it, it's like, it's the first guy you have to do everything within your power because these players talk and teams look at what, or players look at what teams do for certain players. And if Carlos Vela and you trot him out, there is always this guy, your number one guy, the talisman, the, the, basically the symbol of your club. You can't then go peace out. See you later. Like you almost have to just bite the bullet and do whatever you can to say, keep him. And, and just know that just pay the tax. <laughs> well, because, yeah, because you know that like, and people will say, well, you can't, that's crazy. Cause what are you going to do that again? No. There's still only just one. It will only yeah. ever be Carlos Vela, and then eventually he'll retire. And I think Carlos is actually amenable to the fact, like, he's going to quit at some point. It's not like he's going to be like, well, if you guys are going to keep doing this, I'll play to Giorgio's age. That's not going to happen. That's not yeah. Car- that's not Carlos's DNA. So I just think John Thornton, of all people, understands kind of the nuances of squad building and how it goes into. Then that's how we got this great team this past season with the veterans, like I think he kind of gets it and goes against some of the status quo, what you would think is normally the cutthroat of just get rid of him, get somebody better. I also think like, even if he has to take a pay cut to some extent, Carlos isn't dumb and he knows that he's not going to get a better fucking situation than this. Mm-hmm. Like he is treated like royalty by the fans. He's the number one guy. His, his family has a nice life here. He can basically do whatever he wants at any, he's our messy. And if you go play in Miami, you're the seventh guy there, you know, like you're, it's just, you're going to be treated a lot differently there. And even if it's a cool experience, I don't know. It's, it's nice to have a life here in Los Angeles. And I think he's smart. I'm hoping that he comes back, especially with some roster flexibility that, that they'll be adding, but it's possible. It's his last game. And then, oh, go ahead. I was going to say they're not paying him the money that we're talking about either, though, right? They don't have the spots either. So if it comes yeah. down to Apple, you know, if it would it just be I want to play with Messi, which, which, hey, I don't, I don't blame yeah. him on that at all. But I agree with the points that you make about like, where is it going to be better? He's uh, got the rest of his life to think about, though. He, he's potentially if he plays with Messi, that's one season. Then we're, then we're, where does that leave him? With a great just story in Miami without Messi. <laughs> He doesn't strike me as the type to be like, I played with mess. Like, I don't think he's going to like sit there in a rocking chair and talk about it. He doesn't yeah. seem like that type of guy. Yeah. He, he also constantly bucks like the fact that he refused to play for Mexico for so long. Like he never does what people assume he's going to do. So it'll be interesting yep. to see the final one, the big one, the one that I think scares all of us. Will Denny Buwanga play another game at BMO? Yes. He strikes me as someone who like, it's just going to – this feels like a classic like auction. Like we're going to try to put up a, a, a lot of money and a, a good deal, and other teams will too, and we're going to get into a bidding war, and we just might lose. We might win and we might uh, well, lose. Well, is he out of contract? I, I don't even no. know if he's out of contract. No, I think he's he's in contract, but I, I do That's think important. that mm. there, if any club 
was going to spend a lot of money on him, it makes sense to me that it's Tigris. Like they see sure. this guy coming or, or like one of the big Liga MX teams because it's like this guy's dominant in MLS. We know that they're catching up to us. Why don't we pay him an unlimited amount or pay LAFC a massive amount of money to steal something away and, and make sure that he can't hurt us anymore in that way. So I am scared about the possibility of him going over there, but he has expressed a pleasantly surprising amount of loyalty to the club and like what they're building beyond the, the, the measurable elements. Yeah. I'm always skeptical when it's just one team. And like Tigris makes some sense because obviously they've brought French stars before, but it's just one team. So they're almost bidding against themselves. Like if you're LAFC, you're like, yeah, give us a ton of money. Like he's under contract and like it could benefit Denny in the long run because Denny could, I believe he's on like 2.5 million season. He could say like, well, I want to go to Tigris. Give me some more money. And yeah, I wouldn't begrudge him for doing that to LAFC, but I just, I don't, somewhat in the same way, same vein of Carlos, like, is going to t- look Tigres is uh, historically a bigger team than LAFC in the region, but are they going to be for the long term? Like, are is that really bettering your situation? And how much more can they pay? Like, they pay Gignac, I believe, about four million dollars. They pay Gignac less than they were paying Carlos at the height of Carlos's career. So it's not like, yes, they can pay a transfer fee, but what does that benefit? Denny gets a little cut of the transfer fee, but he's going to want more money per year. And unless they're going to say, yeah, we'll give you ten million dollars a year, which okay. Good, good. Like, this is what's killed actually Liga MX soccer is like, don't buy, like, there's no one in Europe looking to buy Denny for that much money because, like, yeah. even though he is that good, what what's the point? He's going to be 30 soon. Like, yeah. it doesn't really make as much sense. And also, if you're Tigris, why don't you just wait? Like, you, why does it have to be this season? Wait till his contract runs down even more and get him for even less. That's, that's, yeah, that's my not, that's, a, that's a smart point. I do think Thorrington has shown an ability to part ways with beloved players when the price is right. And that scares me a little bit. You know, there's a lot of players that I can think of off the top of my head that we were upset when we saw them going, but turned out be the right move for the club. And we got money that we could spend and we're still doing all right. So that's something that scares me, but I'm going to say as well, he will be back next season after this. So while I know there's a big game to play on Saturday, I just want to put on everyone's radar that there is a chance for some emotional goodbyes at the stadium. But of course, just because it's their last game at home, that doesn't mean it's going to be their last game for LAFC. Because if we win on Saturday, they get to play one more game, the MLS Cup Finals. But that requires us to beat the Houston Dynamo on Saturday. And so that brings us to our final storyline of the match, which is this. Are LAFC fans underestimating the Houston Dynamo? Now, many of us were terrified for the game at Seattle for all the reasons we documented building up to it. And I said myself on this podcast that I think Seattle versus LAFC was the real Western Conference Finals. And like me, many other fans have sort of overlooked Houston as sort of a formality before our MLS Cup Finals match. A worse team that, at worst for us right now, is just a trap game. We just have to get over that. But the reality is... We've been beaten by them twice this year, and those losses were maybe our worst losses of the regular season. We lost by four goals in Houston in June, and then just one week later, we lost again at BMO, where we shot like four million shots, and Steve Clark blocked every single fucking one of them. Now, Houston got a coach midseason, and since then, they've proven they know how to win big games, including beating Messi and Miami 
in Miami to win the U.S. Open Club, U.S. Open Cup. Vince, when you look at Houston and how we played against them this year, how scared should we be? Are they actually secretly the favorites in this game? If you are looking at the games that we played against Houston in the regular season and you are scared, I'm here to tell you, don't worry about the games that we played against Houston in the regular season and not to be scared about that. However, Houston is a good team. But let me go back to my first point. You're right, Travis. Those losses were pretty bad. But let's look at the context of when those losses came. And I'll say this. Houston has always been scary in Houston. So to lose 4-0 in Houston is not a bad thing, especially in June. No one wants to go to Houston in June, period, let alone to play soccer. But (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Houston. No, but honestly, so that first Houston, Houston match was six days after LAFC lost to Leon in the CONCACAF Champions League final. Six days. By the way, there was a game in between that. They played Atlanta <laughs> a couple days before that, and that was a zero-zero oh at home. Like you, people tend was to forget. That the like same. Was that the Atlanta game where the same thing happened? Where we just like had them. Brad Guzan went win? a bit nuts, and yeah, we could not win. That truly was the doldrums of the season. And honestly, you can give. Houston, some credit for, again, they they beat LAFC two times within four days. You should get credit for that. LAFC is a good team. But keep in mind that this was part of LAFC's toughest run in the summer when LAFC went 2-5-2 two, and two after the CCL final, scored seven goals, and gave up 14. So clearly it wasn't a Houston thing. It was an LAFC thing. It so was when I, we were saying, will we ever score again? I remember yes, that was yeah. the big thing for a while. It felt, yeah, and it really did feel that way. And I, I honestly attribute that mostly to the Leon thing. And I think at first we all tried to say, like, they'll shake it off. But then when it kept going on, we felt it it was a real thing. And it, it's something that I think us non-gifted athletes who think they can just be machines have to reckon with is like, yeah, sometimes these guys get sad and they're pretty bummed about what happened and they can't turn it around real quick. It's like Giorgio Chiellini said, usually when you play the Champions League final, you do it at the end of the season for a reason. And we've, I think we've learned that lesson in a harsh, harsh way. For but, sure. I, but Houston, I, I will say Houston is a good team and you should not overlook them. Now, another question on that regard. What's the deal with Hector Herrera? Why is everyone on his dick at all the time? Uh, <laughs> I said that wrong. Uh, but like, why is everyone up on his dick all the time? Like people yeah. are obsessed with Hector Herrera. What's his deal? Well, you know, he under promised and over delivered. Like everyone thought he was just coming here to like take a break. He clearly was coming here to get more games because he wasn't playing as much with Atletico Madrid and wanted to play for Mexico. He got that. And then they were like, well, if he if he's got what he wanted to go play some more games with Mexico, he's going to ride off into the sunset. But he was adamant. I'm not going to do that. And he has been a much better player this year. And I think a lot of that is just he left Atletico Madrid after a full season there then joins Houston, has to deal with trying to get into a World Cup squad. Like, that's a lot going on. This year, no distractions. And I think he's proven he is a good player. And that's, again, under-promise, over-deliver. I think he's still very good. He's a very good player. I don't know if he's quite as dominant because I think the guy next to him, Coco Karaskia, is the one that does all the hard work and really allows him to shine. And that's I think their midfield in general is a problem. I don't think it's just Hector Herrera as like some Superman. Okay. And one final question that, that that sort of leads into, which is, I think the most important, how do we tactically stack up against them? How does our style of play match with them? Who's going to control possession? I know we both sort of like to cede possession a little bit. Where, where, are, where are you on that? You know, it's interesting. 
Houston is a very balanced team, but I would say in terms of how they stack up against LAFC, they're kind of night and day because they want to go kind of slow. They want to take the ball and they want to move it in ways that does not open them up to what LAFC loves to do, which is transition. So it's going to come down to how can LAFC win the ball back in areas when, when Houston's susceptible to a transition versus how much can Houston move the ball around? I don't think that Houston is as ball dominant and it has the players that can really boss the game the way Seattle did. And also there's not the turf, right? So I don't foresee a game like that, but I could see a game in which Houston has a little bit more of the ball just because LAFC is like, fine, let's see if you guys move really slow and then make a mistake by moving someone like a Griffin Dorsey forward who is going to play. He's their right back. He's going to be on the same side as Danny Bowanga. He loves to get forward. He has three goals and five assists in just 10 starts. So the guy can play, but I've watched him and he loves, loves going forward defending, not as much. And so they they actually make exceptions for that and they'll move around and they'll play in a way to get Griffin Dorsey forward. But what happens if they make a mistake and Danny Bowanga is in a spot like he was against Seattle? That's going to really kill them. And I think that's another thing to look for. Darren, is everything Vince said correct? This time, yeah, definitely. Okay, good. Just making sure. Finally. Um, finally. <laughs> okay, well, this will Also, either... uh, I'm looking at the records, and it looks like all the other times also, what? yes. Okay, good. That's uh, good to know. Well, either this will be our last preview podcast of the season or the second to last, and fuck am I starting to get nervous for Saturday, and I don't even get to be there. I, my wife's having a birthday thing. I can't go to the game. I will be late to her birthday thing, though, because I'll be watching this at home and then joining you on the post game. but the two of you are going to be there, right? Yeah. Your other wives. My other this, wives. This will be the first time Darren and I have met in person. <gasps> That's true. At the That's biggest so game funny. of the season. So yeah, if you see us, we're going to go to a game we together. I'm we excited be, about that. Yeah, we shouldn't be hard to spot. Come say hello, and then maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, stick around, and you can end up on the post game. <gasps> maybe, yeah. maybe. Just saying. All right. When we come back, Vince is going to break down all the storylines and the rest of the MLS playoffs. And we're back. Throughout the playoffs, we've started to discover a fascinating new phenomenon known as non-LAFC MLS matches. We consulted the Happy Foots Ad Foot Soccer Oracle, Vince LaRosa, who confirmed this series of events is real. Not only that, but this whole time, Vince has in fact been an expert on not only LAFC, but the league and sport in general, which is in fact soccer, the same sport LAFC plays in their wow. matches. So... Vince has joined us each week, not from our trenches and not from behind enemy lines, but from the no man's land of temporarily neutral territory to report on what the fuck is happening outside our bubble, but still within what is in the world of soccer, still a pretty small bubble in a segment we call MLS playoff storylines. MLS playoff. (laughs) It's the short one, everyone. Don't press 45 seconds. Skip. Guys, I've been trying to tell you that there are other games all season, and this I, I want to really get get through to you. All around the world, there are teams playing soccer, playing the exact same sport. If you can believe in it, MLS, all around the world, not in MLS, but in in somewhat of a similar understand. format. Yeah, we'll get there. Oh God, I gotta say though, I love doing this segment with you guys, and so I've really kind of brought it this time. Okay, but. Good. For my four, first storyline, I, I can't believe I have to do this. And I have to tell you guys, I'm shocked. I'm just shocked that this is a storyline. And I know you will be too. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. MLS has been having some problems with its referees. What? Look, what? I know. Yeah. Right? Look, I, I know. It, it's easy to criticize referees. And let's be honest, the general public doesn't know the rules either. But in the four conference semifinal matches, there were three major refereeing controversies. A handball no call against Houston in their 1-0 win over SKC. A possibly offside no call on the game-winning goal in stoppage time in Cincy's 1-0 victory over Philly. And just the mere presence of Ted Uncle at the center of the LAFC versus Seattle game did enough to set both fan bases alight, although I think the Seattle fans were a little bit more heated. Now, I know you guys are the ultimate LAFC homers. As we've just said, you don't even know that there's teams that exist and are probably surprised every time LAFC lines up against another team, but that's the way the game goes. They can't play themselves. I have to ask you guys, though, in your opinion... Which fan base should be storming the pro headquarters as we speak of the three that feel most aggravated and aggrieved at the MLS referees from this past weekend of MLS playoffs? And Darren, I just want to say to you, whoops, we didn't even rehearse that. (laughs) Quickly, I just want to make sure everyone remembers, you love authority, you back the blue, I'm sure this is a difficult segment for you, you back the the yellow, you back the pro ref, so I just want you to put on your... Sometimes they wear blue. (laughs) You back the blue and they wear it. I just want you to put on your leftist... Uh, I know it's hard for you to not to hate to not hate the libtards, but just you got to go against the refs on this one, okay? Right? Um, yeah, have so, some sympathy listen, for the, the common refs, man. The refs are the boys in blue of the of the MLS, uh, and you, know. you can't back, criticize them until you've done the job. Yeah. Back the pro. You don't know what they're up against, okay? Back the whistle. That's why every year I get on my whatever you want to call it a soapbox. That's fine, but refs should be armed, okay? <laughs> I what, what's funny you know what is I like have, out there. I genuinely have more sympathy for for refs than cops. Like the ref, I'm like the refs' job's harder. Um, I would they, hope so. Well, I know like they have a better right to complain than I think. The refs' wives should start being like, "I'm a proud refs' wife." Okay, to answer your question, I go. I they go to work every day, and I don't know if they're coming home. The <laughs> cut well, that in out. Ted Uncle's case, in Ted Uncle's case, isn't his wife also a ref? Yeah, he comes home to a referee. Although yeah. she now is just a, a, she's just a television star. She gets yeah. she gets to just sit back and criticize referees. Although I had a, a lot nice of way. Ted Uncle jokes I wanted to say on the Cooligans, but I forgot that she does the show with Alexa. So I was like, can't make fun of Ted Uncle this this time. Yeah. <laughs> I think to answer your question, the word the most egregious one was the Houston SKC handball. I think that was obvious. 
I understand why the letter of the law says that it's it maybe was a natural motion and it's not clear and obvious. But I think it comes down to the fact that like I know this sounds silly. If he didn't have an arm, that would have been in the, the goal would have been scored. It would have been one to one. And you know, in soccer, you're not supposed to use your fucking arms. And so it's like I understand the nuance of all of it, but just from like the spirit of the game. SKC tied the fucking game right there. And it's just weird nuance that kept it, kept him out of it. Yeah. It also wasn't like that. the last minute and it didn't, and it wasn't like he was a foot away from the ball. Like the ball traveled. Like I, I, I agree with you. I, I, and, and like the rules are put in a way that like you easily could have said that. And somebody would be like, well, his hands at his side. They're like, dude, he's on the goal line. And I don't think, I think most people wouldn't have argued with it. That, that to me felt very egregious. And honestly, the more and more I watch the Cincy goal and the more angles they show me, I'm now like, oh, maybe. Because they don't do the lines in MLS. Yeah. Like yeah. they actually have to just kind of like look down the barrel and go, I don't know. If you look at the if you look at the last defender, like technically second to last defender, that's come up this season. I still don't understand. The distance between where his foot must be, because it is blocked by, by him. You, you have a player that's blocking it, but you can kind of see that the distance between his foot and like where the grass changes, that sort of like line of the way they mowed it could, could be the same distance as the other player. Like they could be even like, you can kind of see how the camera angle and that angle is kind of the same. You can, you can, you can kind of allow it. I also think like with offsides, if you don't have the lines is inherently a little subjective, like you're never going to get it perfect. Right. Whereas like, a ball hitting someone's hand either did or didn't hit their hand, you know? And it, yep. and then it's like, what was the intention or whatever? And I think in the case of someone on the goal line where the only part of the their body that the ball hit is their arm and it stops a goal, the intention's irrelevant. It just feels like the spirit of the game says well, it should go, that should be considered a, a PK at that point. And a potential red card, point. honestly, even if, or a yellow maybe, totally. if it's yellow unintentional. Yellow for sure. Yellow for sure. Yeah, I, I was going to say what, what's funny about like people are like they they're like well then why don't we have the lines? You know if they would have called it off, somebody would have said well it's like a millimeter. Like why are we doing yeah. that? And it's like so yeah, wait. Yeah. It's funny how people want it in some instances, but they don't want the subjectivity in others. But like if it's like a millimeter, by definition of the law, it doesn't matter. There's no like oh if it's it's kind of close. No, it's like it's off or on. It's bl- like it is one of the one calls that is black or white. Whereas handball is actually more subjective. So I'm wrong is what you're saying. No, I'm saying it's interesting that like <laughs> you could be so like adamant about something yeah. when like it's the one thing where like it's either that or that. But we argue about it much more than I think any other decision in the game. I I also think that I, I want to say something about the Ted Uncle stuff because I, I agree that if I was a Seattle fan, I would be frustrated with how that game was called. But I actually don't know how much of that is Ted Uncle's fault. I think that one slide tackle that Giorgio Chiellini had, there's some angles where it looks like he fucking got ball, even though people are right. saying he didn't get ball. A lot I of definitely that could, think he got ball. I thought yeah, that was a totally clean And also tackle. not re- not revealable because it was, it was in no way last man and was not in the box. So yeah. it, at that point, he just has to go based off of himself and the AR that's on that side. I think more so than anything, they were frustrated with LAFC's shithousery, which worked. Like it, it was a tactic, whether or not it was ugly and annoying. It started from the moment second half uh, started where they didn't come out right on time. Like I think people were upset at 
the way that we mucked up the game in the same way that they did it to fucking us three years ago. And yep. they took it out on Ted Uncle because he's like a notoriously bad ref or whatever. And we were nervous about him. But I, I don't think a lot of that is Ted Uncle's fault. I think that's they had a lot of chances they should have fucking scored. And he you was consistently inconsistent and bad. Yeah. <laughs> if that right. makes sense. Like, um, I think what Travis is trying to say is that's Ted Uncle, MLS Referee of the Year finalist, you (laughs) dirty animals. Also, every league in the world hates their refs. I know that, like, obviously we'll think we'll get the shittiest refs because we're in America, but everyone hates their refs. There isn't a league that's like, our refs are the good ones. It's just a thankless job. Yeah, the Premier League isn't having quite, isn't having a good time either. And actually, recently somebody got pulled off of a Champions League game for requesting of our review that UEFA thought, you probably shouldn't have done that. So it happens everywhere, to be fair. I also think people don't give the players enough credit for like successfully manipulating how a ref sees a situation. They're really Christian good rolled. at that. And they do it over the course of a game. Like, I'm the ref in a lot of those situations. I, I know my they're fucking with my head. Like, I'm seeing things in certain ways that I'm like, oh, on the last play, he was really aggressive. But maybe he wasn't actually. Mm-hmm. It was just like... They're selling things in every direction. They're both teams. On one hand, it, that's to to the point of just sympathizing with how hard the ref's job is. But really, it's just about the fact that like they're just not going to see it object, like actually objectively or clearly, and they're just going to do whatever they're going to do. I'll leave it at this: the refereeing can get better, but you can't look back and see the foul that Christian Roldan bought on Kellen Acosta when he literally like jumps in the air like a salmon. And think that he wasn't also doing a similar type of thing. So we'll we'll just leave it there. Let's let's sure. let's move on, guys. So yes. we're all pretty happy that LAFC beat Seattle, giving the black and gold the chance to host another playoff match. Especially after we broke the news to everyone last week that MLS Cup would be played east of the Mississippi, no matter what happened last week. There was just no chance that a Western Conference team would host MLS Cup because of the final supporter shield standing, which, as a side note and a follow-up to our Seattle post game. Those same supporter shield standings would decide who gets that final Champions Cup spot if any of the four teams other than LAFC win MLS Cup. LAFC wins MLS Cup, they get the spot. If any of the other three win, I hate to break it to you, and we were kind of wishy-washy on that, it's New England. New England takes it because of their supporter shield standing, which is higher than LAFC. But and I digress. if they get it, they have to tell us what Bruce Arena did. That's the rule. They have to just, <laughs> I can't believe no one's fucking told us yet. Someone's got to tell us. Someone tell us. <laughs> they gotta start. They gotta start a brand new dummy Twitter account that just leaks it. That's its only tweet. Nobody knows who it is or where it's coming from. <laughs> this is not a storyline because it happened so recent, and I didn't think it was like that funny. Although it is funny, like the Matt Miazga thing has happened months and months after Bruce Arena. We know what happened there. We have no idea what happened with Bruce Arena, and and like the bigger thing. So was, it was probably pretty bad. Well, the thing is, he was uh, allegedly saying something to Richie Williams, who allegedly was the one that reported him. Richie Williams has been with Bruce Arena since his college days. These guys wow. know each other very well. We'll leave it. We'll just leave it at that. I, we digressed a lot. Yeah, uh, sorry. Keep, keep going. So, <laughs> so, but here's the thing. After last week, we narrowed down the location of MLS Cup even more. And it all comes down to one state. Ohio, baby. The winner of Cincy versus Columbus Conference Final will host MLS Cup. Now, I think it's pretty well known that both you are connoisseurs of all things Americana. You've both been to all 50 states, of course. You've even gone to those places like Puerto Rico that are pseudo states that America loves to have, but just doesn't want to mess up its perfect, pretty 50 star flag by adding them. Darren, I'm going to give you 
Columbus, Travis, you are getting Cincinnati, and I want each of you to take the chance to talk up your city on why you deserve to host <laughs> MLS Cup. Darren, I would like you to go first, and I will remind you that you are Columbus. We're talking about the city itself, not, not the soccer? Anywhere you want to go with it, baby. Oh, boy. Columbus, Ohio. Look, I, this is where this this game should be hosted. It is the... You know, one of the top six cities in one of the top 40 states in the country. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You've got buildings, definitely. I mean, there's like somewhat of a transit system. The stadium is fine, passable. Let's say grass, I'm pretty sure. No, No turf left, guys. In any, no I mean, obviously, left. we've made it past the turf level. Yeah, there's only two games, so it's going to only happen two stadiums. But had it been played in, you know, Houston or Cincinnati, there no no turf in any of these places. Thank it's God. hard to come up with. It's hard to come up with things about Columbus that isn't also true about Cincinnati. But <laughs> well, thank God from you a got soccer to go perspective, first, then, huh? I will say I will say that at least my heart does gravitate toward Columbus a little bit because of Rossi. Okay, and Travis, your rebuttal. The people like myself that are rooting for Cincinnati to host MLS Cup. And that's something I believe deeply in my core. I I really want Cincinnati to host. And there's a bunch of reasons why. First of all, we've earned it. You know, we're the best team in the league. We should be the ones that get to host. LAFC got to do it last year. We respect that, us Cincinnati lovers. And I think you should respect that we should get to host. On top of that, the city's unbelievable. It's in the south of the state. It um, <laughs> it is shit. It's very close to ah, Kentucky, yeah. a state that is often overlooked. And I think we shouldn't lo- overlook Kentucky. And Darren, I think, is yeah. sort of implying we should overlook the state of Kentucky. And that's not something I'm saying. I'm saying Kentucky is great. And so we get Kentucky and Ohio if we stay in Cincinnati. And on top of that, hosting the game in Cincinnati, we have the MVP. Very much deserved, although I do believe as a Cincinnati fan, Denny Buwanga should have been in there. I know, but I just want to say, maybe it should have been a tie is what I'm saying. The I just want to make sure that it's clear. The main reason we should host MLS Cup in Cincinnati is the fine food and cuisine of the people that the people of Cincinnati bring the world. None more important and impressive than taking two things that should never be put together and putting them together and then being proud of it. Boy, should we take chili, an unbelievably perfect meal that doesn't need to be put on anything, and pasta, another good meal that we already know what sauce works good with it, and smash them together and say, this is what we do here because we're fucking stupid and we have no culture because we are in the south of Ohio. That's why we should host the MLS Cup. That took an interesting turn. (laughs) (laughs) We're stupid is what I'm saying. I'd like to remind everyone that one might call Columbus the city where the bullshit with Chile stops happening, which I think is a really important thing to know about Columbus. Right. I I think we could debate this for days. It's not for me to decide. I will give extra points to Travis for using the royal we. I enjoyed that (laughs) for taking that into consideration. But I think the fan, I think listeners should decide so who they think gave the better argument and where MLS Cup should be. Because it's going to be one of these cities one way or another. I know they're going to play a game, but I feel like the way we did it was much more scientific. I think think we landed on Louisville. (laughs) 
Yeah, I talked about Kentucky more than Cincinnati. That's how much I, I genuinely want Columbus to win. I want to. I would much rather go yeah. to Columbus than Cincinnati, and it would be fun to see see us play against Rossi. I'm I'm excited either way because I would love to see Diego Rossi in the finals, but I would also love for Cincinnati to have this like storybook season. They get the supporter shield. They get real fucking cocky, and then all of that is just to face. The, the defending champions in the finals who were just like, oh, it's no, a better sorry. story. Yeah. Sorry, that's not good enough. Like, well, that, that would be more uh, like triumphant, I think. <laughs> I'm glad that you guys continue to refer to Diego Rossi because he will play a part in this last storyline. Because yeah. for my last storyline, this is one of the reasons guys love sports. It might be the number one reason, actually. Guys love nothing more than to talk about players that used to be on their team and what they're doing now. Like LAFC has played for just six seasons and I bet you I could get a group of guys together that are LAFC fans and we could talk for a month straight about guys that used to be on LAFC and what they're doing now. And I'd like this to be the pilot episode of that show because even if LAFC fails to beat Houston and reach the MLS Cup, there will be an LAFC connection at MLS Cup. Franco Escobar and Corey Baird play for Houston. The aforementioned Diego Rossi and Christian Ramirez are scoring goals for Columbus. And Kenny Arena is an assistant coach for FC Cincinnati. Guys, if, and heaven forbid, LAFC don't win MLS Cup this year or even make it there, which LAFC employee will you be happiest for? And why is it Kenneth Vermeer, who I didn't mention because he had his contract bought out by Cincy in May, but would likely still get a championship ring if they win? (laughs) It's definitely Kenneth Vermeer. LAFC legend, Kenneth Vermeer. The first 40-year-old man on the team, I think, before Giorgio Keeley. (laughs) Definitely played like one. I mean, I can't be bothered to bend down and catch that ball. I was excited when we signed him. Boy, was I stupid. We all were. We just had no good goalkeepers. I think the answer is obvious, right? To that question. Kenny Rossi. Yeah, we want Rossi (laughs) to have it. Oh, I thought it was Kenny after all that his family has (laughs) suffered this season. Yeah, it would be good for him to, you know, to to get rid of cancel culture. <laughs> yeah, and look, the arenas just don't have very much luck with winning championships in MLS. Yeah. So we would love an arena championship. I will say it was cool that in the two other, there were four games played this past weekend. Three of the games were won by LAFC players. <laughs> Franco Escobar won it for Houston and uh, Christian Ramirez won it for Columbus. And I just want to say that means we're going to win MLS Cup. Oh, <laughs> unless Cincinnati wins. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is are you are you Rossi too? I mean, Ro- Diego Rossi is my favorite LAFC player of all time. Although I would say I would be happiest for Christian Ramirez just because of all the shit he took from LAFC fans. Yeah, like he's not garbage. He just wasn't the guy for LAFC. But I digress. It would it would hurt me to see Rossi winning with another team. I think. Um, Especially if you beat LAFC, like if they beat Houston, you'd be yeah. much more. Okay I'd be, with it, if right? it's Houston versus Columbus, I would I would be very happy to root for Columbus. Um, I couldn't give a shit less about Corey Bayard and Franco Escobar. I know Escobar's got like a long history at MLS, but he did barely anything for us. But he was on our championship roster, right. um, one with Atlanta too. Like the guy knows how to win. I'll tell yeah. you that much. Yeah, I, I mean Diego's the guy. I, it's got to be Diego. Darren? Diego. Poor Kenneth Vermeer. <laughs> Honestly, I, well, I had to look it up. I was like, wait, I'm pretty sure he's still on the roster. And then I didn't realize that in May, they he's playing somewhere back in Holland and they bought out his contract. But like I said, I think, I mean, he started with the team. I don't know if they have like, 
I know in, in major league baseball, because so many players get called up and down with minor leagues, like you have to play so many games to get a playoff share and be considered a team to get a ring. I don't think I wouldn't venture that MLS goes that far. I mean, LAFC gave out rings to people that didn't even work for the team. Not, not this guy, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) I, I have a question before we get into your grievance politics. Um, the, (laughs) the, Brian Rodriguez started last season on the team, right? Yeah. Did he get a ring for the championship? Like, yeah, likely he would have got a ring. It just there was there's no chance of you know like the guys that came back they wanted to make a show of it and celebrate. Right. I'm sure they sent it to him. That's funny. Oh, for all the shit we gave Brian Rodriguez, he's got an MLS championship ring. All right. Well, that's did we not play them in League Cup? Club America? Nope. No. But he was in LA. Yeah. All, right. All right. Well, we shall see where we end up. Those are our MLS storylines going into the MLS Cup. No, MLS Western Conference Finals. Uh, conference when Finals. We come, yeah. When the, we come back. Going into both Conference Finals. No, only the Western ones matter. When we come back, we're going to make some bets. And we're back. Now it's time for a segment called Bet It and Forget It. Bet It and Forget It. Every week we end the show with a bet for this week's game. We make an outlandish prediction, something that almost definitely will not happen but could. Each week Travis and I put up $5. If no one hits, the money rolls over to the next week. Eventually by the time someone's weird prediction comes true, they might win a good chunk of change. But in the playoffs, Vince is also here for the previews, and he can swoop in and make a bet that steals the whole pot. Like a grifter who swoops into a betting segment on a podcast and makes a bet that steals the whole pot. None of our bets cashed last week, so our bet pool for this week is now $140. That is a life-changing amount of money. Let's double it. I can put my kids through college with this money. (laughs) How are we doubling it? Um, Vince is putting in $140. Whoa. Uh, um, I will double double it as long as I win. Uh, Call Jacob uh, is throwing in $140. My prediction last week was that we would go to PKs and they would last longer than five PKs. That did not happen. Yes. I I predicted a natural phenomenon would affect, would would be a clear and obvious factor in a goal being scored. That also did not happen. I mean, Denny Buanga's beautiful physique is somewhat of a natural phenomenon, but he does have to go to the gym. Agreed. Well, and I had the one that everyone wanted to happen, which was Aaron Long scoring the game-winning goal by dunking over Jordan Morris while putting his general area on the man's head. <laughs> little do you know, out. little did you know that if you had if you had predicted Aaron Long plays, you also would not have. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm, I'm recalibrating mine for this week. <laughs> All right, I have a bet that I'm very confident in. I'm really confident about. This oh, one. okay. That I can feel you. it happening in it's my shallow little. Bo- What's the word? Not shallow. Hollow loins? little bones. <laughs> my, I can feel it happening in my loins. They're burning. <laughs> and it's this. A member of the LAFC coaching staff will be sent off. Someone who is, uh, it's not necessarily going to be Steve, but someone who is a coach on LAFC will get a red card or get two yellows or something. Someone will be sent off of the pitch that is on the staff. All right. Okay. What's cool about that is I think this is one of the first seasons or maybe last season was like, you could always be sent off as a coaching staff, but technically cards are for players and FIFA changed around said, no coaches can now. So if someone gets sent off, you will see them hold Hell up a yeah. red card and we will know. That's cool. All right. I, I might need some calibration here from you guys because okay. this might be too- <laughs> This is very like borderline. 
He's like, they're going to kick off at the beginning. It's going to be chat. very simple. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking something very, very simple. Palacios goal. Okay. He has, I think, one it, LAFC goal. It, yeah, it's very it. simple and very basic, but it's, it's, it's inarguably a rare thing. I think that's So fine. I don't know. I think that's He's fine. Played, if he, I, I can make it a goal and something else. I could make no, it two goals. I, I'm happy to. I'm pretty sure he's played over 100 times it. for LAFC and scored one goal. So I think if my math is correct, that's a 1% or less chance. So that, I think that's pretty pretty good. That yeah, might be better I'm, than I'm the chances cool of that. a coach being sent off. <laughs> okay, so Vince. I've also picked something that could happen, but is somewhat outlandish, I guess. I'm just going to say this. There will be a penalty awarded in both halves. So oh. if there's two penalties in the first half, I don't get it. There has to be one in each half. Oh, like a PK? Half. Can, yes. it, can there be more than one in each half? No, no, no. I'm going straight up one in each half. Okay, that's fair. I'm cool with that. Oh, so if it's so, one in one half and two in the second half, I, it, I miss you it. don't so get it? So I, I'll be sitting next to you, Darren, and if there's one in one half and then that other one happens and there's possibly one, <laughs> I might storm this the This is the first time. That's crazy. This is the first time I'm scared you're going to swoop in and steal the money. And we've made it clear. We're going to give you the money, even though you haven't put any oh, of the yeah. money in. <laughs> That's the rule. Ooh, that better not like, happen. We shall see. Like that guy playing... <laughs> I'm like that guy playing quarters against Michael Jordan in that documentary. I, why am I here? But yeah. I can win. The thing That's everyone funny. remembers from that from that documentary. It's truly. the best part. Yeah. It is well, the best part. Well, we shall see. That's our show, our Western Conference preview. Darren, take it away. Just a reminder, we'll be streaming our post-game call-in show 10 minutes after the final whistle on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at happyfootsadfoot. There's a link in the show notes. Talk to us in the chat or join us live on the air and be on the show with us. Our theme music is done by the insane team of James Valentine, Nate Walcott, and Louis Palmer. Along with YouTube, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and maybe Threads. And if you made it this far into the episode and this far into the season, let's be fucking honest, chances are you're enjoying (laughs) the show. And if that's true and you want to show your support, please please consider becoming a friend of the foot. It's just $5 a month over at patreon.com slash happyfootsadfoot. You could also pick up some Hafo Safo inspired merch, including the Denny Buwanga Blast t-shirt that LAFC all but said is the nickname for his goals. They do not sell the merch. We do. Please do not (laughs) sue us. That's over at happyfootsadfootpod.com. Any support. Oh, and we also have Christmas sweaters, which I think it's still time. You could still order some really cool Christmas sweaters if you order them soon. Hurry up and make sure that you check the dates before you do. But we have really cool Christmas sweaters before the holidays for your loved ones. If you want to get your kids or your wife or your your girlfriend that your wife doesn't know about a really cool sweater, go for it over at happyfootsadfootpod.com. Patreon subscribers always get 15% off all merch. Any support goes a long way to helping us keep making the show, especially into the off season and this community growing. Thanks again. And we'll see you at BMO, baby. I love you. BMO. I love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. I love you. I love you, Ollie. I love you. I love you, Diego Palacios. I love you, Larissa Olenek from Secret World of Alex Mack. Why? (laughs) She was hot. Bye. (laughs) 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 